Listener Production. I'm Action Alexa, former college American football player and wrestler turned half Ironman competitor. I've overcome alcoholism and managed to die on the operating table four times. And now I'm a strength coach and motivational speaker. And I'm Jenna Louise, an ex-competitive gymnast and BMX racer, now a multidisciplined, high-performance athlete and coach. Over the course of our careers within the fitness industry, we've seen firsthand the impact that physical strength and mental toughness can have in changing the course of people's lives. In our podcast, How Fitness Saved My Life, we invite people to share the stories and practical skills of how they built their physical, mental and emotional fitness and how that saved them at the hardest time of their life. At this point, everybody that I've gone against, every time I have a competition, they're all trying to take my head off. You know, at first, everybody like thought like they'd take it easy on me, and then I started beating everybody up. And now it's like the best of the best. They're like, I'm trying to take you out. And I'm like, I'm with it. Well, today's guest is the epitome of what it is to be an athlete. Born Without Legs, his sheer tenacity and force of will has seen him awarded both the All-American title for outstanding achievement in wrestling and a Guinness World Record for the fastest man on two hands. But despite his many accomplishments, there was a period in Zion's life where he believed he was a failure. Today, we're excited to learn just how Zion built his incredible physical strength and mental stamina to become an elite athlete. Fitness didn't just save his life, it made him a standout on every single playing field he chose. He's an author, a motivational speaker, and has his very own documentary on Netflix that chronicles his incredible journey. We're so pumped to have him with us today. This is the man, the myth, the absolute legend of a human, Zion Clark. Ooh. What's up? What's up? <laughs> so Zion, thank you so much for taking time out to be here while you were on a yacht to have a chat with us today in a little old Australia. <laughs> thank you. Now, Zion, you were born with caudal regression syndrome. Can you briefly talk to us about what that is? Yeah, so caudal regression syndrome is a super rare disease. So you won't find many people like me. And me personally, I've only met two people with uh, the same condition that I've had. Wow. And, you know, it's all different. You know, caudal regression syndrome, you might just have a part of your spine missing, like just a, a small section where it doesn't really affect you at all. Or you could be in my case where you have a decent portion of your spine missing plus uh, deformity. Wow. It just varies throughout the country. So what I take from that is that you are incredibly unique and the things that you are doing are incredibly unique as well. Now, you are a wrestler. I used to wrestle. Funnily enough, I had an... Oh, no way. Yeah, except more like WWE. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Do you know uh, Big Show? Sadly, no. Sadly, no. We used to tour like Christian schools and I used to stand on the ring and like yell and scream and scare all these children. It was terrible. (laughs) I was with um, Big Show and John Cena like a couple weeks ago. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, we had an awesome time uh, doing a big thing for a Veterans Day event. Uh, We were at a military base in Arkansas and, you know, we contributed to the veterans and gave back, had a whole big thing for them. And it was absolutely awesome. Oh, that is so good. I I mean, look, I was definitely not on the world stage. I mean, (laughs) New Zealand's very small and there was probably like, you know, 30 people in the audience. But hey, who knows? (laughs) So going into wrestling, like, when did you start and how did you get into it? I was seven years old when I started in the sport of wrestling. You know, I was in art class, actually. And my art teacher was the head wrestling coach at the time. (laughs) 
And he gave me a flyer, told me I should check it out. And I took home to my foster mom at the time. And, you know, I asked her if I could start this or try this. And she said, yeah. And at that point in my life, there wasn't many things that I got told yes to. I, you know, I had a lot of struggles uh, coming up as a kid dealing with very abusive parents. And, you know, I just never knew what to expect at any moment. But this moment, it just seemed to like happen for a reason. Next thing you know, I'm at this practice and everybody's just being nice and everybody's just working hard. Everybody's trying to take me down as hard as they can. And, you know, they weren't treating me any different. I was just like, okay, yeah, this is, this is my thing. This is where I'm supposed to be. That's so great. I love that. When did you realize that you were actually really good at it? Uh, I was a senior in high school. I spent three months before my senior year of high school training seven days a week, two, three times a day. Uh, working oh, wow. with the Olympian. I live right down the street from me. His name was Nate Carr. Uh, him and his whole family, they're just multiple time state champs, uh, Olympic level wrestlers. They helped me out a ton. My coaches at my school in Massillon, they helped me out just for years on end. The funny thing is the head coach at my high school that I went to, his identical twin brother was the one that started me in wrestling when I was seven years old. Oh my God. That's insane. That's like divine intervention at its finest. I know, right? (laughs) It's just so crazy how the world happens, you know, because at that point in my life, I was bounced around everywhere. Like I might be in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio. You know, like I never knew where I was going to end up. Wow. Just wrestling somehow stayed as a constant. And next thing you know, I'm, you know, beating some of the best guys in the state of Ohio, beating some of the best guys in the country. Just, you know, running with them, rolling with them. I just working as hard as I can because, you know, I felt like I could do something finally. I love that. It seemed like you were accepted really well into the wrestling community. The wrestling community worldwide is like a giant family, Mm. in my opinion. I've been wrestling for 17 years. Wow. At this point in my life. You know, I'm 24. I've been doing it since I was seven. Wow. Wrestling against guys from other countries, wrestling against the best wrestlers in the United States and winning or losing just just being in that moment of competition, you've learned to respect everybody. Yeah. And everybody respects you too. I absolutely love that. I think there's something to be said for being in a community, having that camaraderie around you, being accepted and having no discrimination, no matter who you are and what you're going through and being able to use your sport in wrestling to succeed in, in the area that you want to succeed. I think that's really special. So what's your style like, your wrestling style? Is it different to your competitors? Oh, I'm, a, I'm completely unorthodox. Like, seriously, though, I do things different. You know, when I break down your leg, I'm hitting every single pressure point in your leg. So, like, you know, your leg goes numb, you can't feel it. When I grab your arms, I'm hitting all your pressure points. When I grab your neck, I'm closing off all the veins that are supplying blood to your brain. I make it as hard as possible for you to actively attack me. That sounds horrific. I did not know. I didn't think of that that aspect of wrestling. I just thought, you know, well, it's all quite physical. It's not like, you know, cutting off circulation and stuff like that. That's, that's like assassin stuff, man. When you've been in it as long as I have, you get an understanding of the human body. And if you really um, are serious about it, you'll tap into like an anatomy book and study that stuff. Oh my gosh, this is great. Yeah. You know, I studied anatomy so I could be more dangerous on the mat. Would you say you fight dirty or fight smart? <laughs> I fight smart, but if you want to yeah. get dirty, I can get dirty. And if you yes. want to hit hard, I can hit harder. So, 
Oh my um, gosh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> That's the best. So wrestling-wise, what's your game plan? Do you have a specific move that you're known for? I mean, I'm really nasty at headlocks. I can headlock anybody <laughs> at any moment and I will choke you out. You are so quick. Like I've like yeah. hit a headlock over a thousand times just training it. I mean, that's what you got to do. That's what the yeah. best guys do. That's what the best athletes in the world do. You know, Michael Jordan wouldn't be Michael Jordan unless he took his 10,000 shots. True. Yeah, do you find that you have to be like, you would have to be so much more technical. Like I know when I used to wrestle, my tactic was literally like, I was so much bigger and heavier than the other girls. I would just go for a really quick takedown. I'd be like, right, I'm just going to lie on you and try and squash you. And that's my tactic. <laughs> I'm just going to stay But like with wrestling, it's all different where like, yeah, you know, the other guy is putting as much pressure on you as you're putting on him. And when you get to the level where I'm at, where I'm wrestling other Olympians, I'm wrestling national champions. I'm going and fighting the best fighters on the planet. You know, like when you're at that level, it's, it's different. Because yeah. you got to think that guy is just as tra- just well trained or more trained than I am. And you got to come out there, show some bucks, show some behind. You got to bring it and you got to show that yourself. You got to be able to take a hit. You got to be able to get knocked down and for real, like on, like on the most physical level of everything, like you've got to learn how to, if you get knocked down to stand back up, you know, when somebody like Rampage Jackson, former UFC heavyweight champion punches you in the mouth, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for real, yeah. you just got to learn how to get back up and keep going. And that's why I was able to be successful in going against those guys, able to be right on that same level, be on par with them. Like, I don't care if you're the heavyweight. I don't care if you're the lightweight. I don't care if you're the middleweight. I'm gonna roll with you all the same. So do your opponents see you as having an advantage or a disadvantage? I mean, at this point, everybody that I've gone against, uh, every time I have a competition, they're all trying to take my head off. Cause I've, I guess I've built up like a status and a name, you know, at first everybody like thought like they take it easy on me. And then I started beating everybody up. And then <laughs> next thing you know, everybody's still trying hard and I'm still beating everybody up. And now it's like the best of the best. They're like, I'm trying to take you out. And I'm like, I'm with it. Yeah. Like, you know, because I enjoy that. It gives me a thrill. It, that's It's literally part of who I am. It's in your blood. It's just something that feels a part of me. It's what honestly brings me peace too. When I'm going through something rough or I'm going through like, you know, issues or whatever, when I hit the mat or I get to go punch the bag or I spar and I train and, you know, I'm working hard. I'm able to like put my mind somewhere else and just get out all that energy. And it's almost like therapeutic. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially yeah. when your passion is your purpose. I just, I just, I'm taking it to the top. There is oh lots to come. Hundred percent. Now, look, I read this really cool quote about wrestling. It was like Marcus Aurelius once said that the wrestler must be ever ready on his guard and stand firm against the sudden, unforeseen events of his adversary. And he's absolutely right. It's. It reminds me of life, right? Like, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, what skills do you think that wrestling has given you that you can apply to the rest of your life? Almost everything, you know, there's a saying in the wrestling community. Once you've wrestled, everything else in life becomes easy because wrestling, it it dates back to biblical times. Wrestling is the literally the first sport ever created in human history. Wow. And with that being said, it's the first form of fighting. It's the first form of just putting your will against somebody else's will and seeing who comes out on top. And I'm telling you, when all the hard work that you learn from it, all the tenacity, all the persistence, all the just hard days, the days where you are beat up and days that you are 
bloody. You're all, the thoughts always going through your head. It could be worse. That is so true. It really is. When you go out into the world, it's like, okay, I literally fight people for a living. I literally fight. I wrestle. I grapple. I punch people. I, I That's just <laughs> what I do. That's who I am. It's, it's what it is. And with, what comes with that is a level of control, a level of, you know what you can do to somebody else. And you just, you decide to stay peaceful. You go out and you just make the best of your situations. Any bad things that happen, you're tough. You can take it because you're a wrestler. That's just how I, that's how I see it. You seem like such an incredibly strong-willed, positive, empowering and motivating person. Mm. Like I can't, can't feel any negativity from you at all. And I feel like from all the success that you had, have you had a point in your life that's been maybe your lowest point where you've made the choice to turn your life around and how did fitness save your life? I mean, my life has had many low points. Um, you know, going through the foster care system, I've dealt with a lot of things, you know, um, like I've experienced things that I would say most people haven't just very dark and evil things. Uh, somehow, I don't know how some of these people had their license to foster kids mm. in the first place. And do you think you used fitness as an element to help you get through these experiences? Oh, without a doubt. Wrestling was my therapy. Like if I was having a bad day or, you know, I might get punched in the face when I get home, you know, when I'm at practice, I just forgot about all. Mm. And it just turned into like a therapeutic thing. And I was making friends and I was actually learning to be somebody. I love that. I've dealt with a lot of things, you know, um, I'm 24 and I've almost died twice. I did die for real a couple of years ago. And then before that, I was a kid and almost got drowned on purpose. Whoa, hang on a second. How did you die? Not once, but twice. I um, was training for the World Grand Prix uh, track me. You know, this is after I'm a professional. At that time, uh, I was like the number two 100 meter sprinter in the country. So I was like 20 years old, number two, and it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I was just a really hot. Literally, I had to get on a flight the next day to go to the World Grand Prix. And I was outside, pushed over 15 miles on the track with a hoodie on. Last thing I remember was sitting in the crib and everybody was going home because like summer break and stuff. And my roommate was starting to drive back to Georgia, forgot something, drove back to the house, found me on the floor and a pile of blood. I coughed up and um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Called 911. They resuscitated me in the ambulance. I woke up. My mom was there and stuff. And <gasps> Doctor told me I shouldn't go, uh, but I went anyways and ended up winning out the whole thing. So, <laughs> wow, what was wrong with you? Like, why? I overworked my points to the self. I lost all my water and my organs started to shut down. Oh, oh my God. David Goggins 2.0. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness wow. me. But I came back and ended up winning. So, divine intervention once again. Wow. Uh, I've experienced some things in my life and, you know, I've lost a lot of people too. And, it turns you into a different type of person. You know, you're able to bear more things and you're able to handle more stressful situations and navigate the world, not easier, but more efficiently. I totally get it. I, I died on the table too, like on operating table, resuscitated four times and it just changes who you are inherently as a person and what you want to do with your life. Yeah, sure. like I didn't, I did not like being like, just didn't know what happened for two hours. Like I was out for two hours. Like I wasn't wow. dead for two. I was dead for like 15 minutes, but I was like out for two hours. Yeah. 
crazy. I feel like I came out the other end a lot better, smarter. If anything, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm not successful because this is just supposed to happen. I feel like I'm successful because I've learned from my experiences and I've learned quickly from my experiences to make sure that I don't have to go through any things I went through ever again. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's awesome. And I love that you're also sharing your story to help others navigate their own journey when they could be going through something similar. Because I love that it's, you know, sometimes when you're going through a rough time, you're kind of like, man, I'm all alone in this. And just seeing Mm -hmm. someone else's story, hearing someone tell their story and telling how they overcame it, you know, with sheer will. I think that's just incredibly powerful. Like you're out there saving lives. And in saying that, like you have this documentary out on Netflix called Zion. I watched it. Oh it's my gosh. freaking brilliant. It is amazing. I mean, I was like, why is this only 12 minutes? Like, you need a longer one, obviously. Oh, it was so thrilling. Fun fact, I'm actually working on uh, working on something big, like super big, actually yeah, like three big things. But I can't say nothing on it yet because oh, I wouldn't it. be surprised. I've been working on it for about three and a half years and it's just going to blow that Netflix documentary. You know, it won two Emmys or whatever, but oh, it's wow. about to blow it out the water. Oh well, my God. Well, you teased it out really nicely <laughs> prepping for what's to come because yeah, I know. <laughs> it was very impactful. Yeah. It was really impactful. And the people that you have in support of you and those sorts of things was mm-hmm. just so heartfelt. It was yeah. really a special documentary. It was. How did that actually come about? Like, did someone, had you been talking about your story and then someone just approached you about it? So get this. So when I was a senior in high school, I I was on such a hot streak with winning. Like I had won 25 matches back to back. And next thing you know, I have like ESPN following me around like through the end of my season. Like, wow. like straight up, like, like official, like ESPN, you know, I'm 18 <laughs> years old. I, I was just doing my thing, you know, and that went worldwide. And that's where it all started. Next thing you know, I got some weird dude messaging me on Facebook talking about he wants to film me for a week. And I'm like, I mean, think about it. I'm still in high school. I go downstairs to my mom and I'm like, mom, who is like, like, you ever heard of this guy? Like, and she ended up talking to him, whatever, because, you know, I, I didn't know much about any of that stuff at the time. And, you know, I was really focused on what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was to wrestle. I had finally turned my life around. That's why I became a state champion. I was focused on other things for the better. And this dude, he just like, hey, let me come out, whatever. I got a whole production team in New York City. We'll come out to Ohio. And we filmed a whole bunch of footage, submitted it to Sundance. It got be- uh, best short film at Sun- at the Sundance Film Festival and proceeded to get best short film in almost all the film festivals planet-wide. Wow. Next thing you know, Netflix was like, hey, we want this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we watched that. We watched that doco. And I have to say, like, there was a lot of talk about that wrestling match, you know, mm. the one that you kind of like you lost, but you got the standing ovation at the end. Because, I mean, your coach, like, said that you were one of his biggest successes. And yet you thought that you had failed. Can you just talk us through, like, what happened in that fight and what you thought coming out of it? Throughout the season, I had beat some of the best guys, like, in the United States. Like, I literally got barely ranked in the top 16. But yeah, I was knocking off the guy that was second in the state, third in the state, fifth in the state. And, you know, like, I've knocked off the guy that was second in the country. Like, you know, it was, I was doing all this stuff that, you know, if I would have played my cards right, I would have been a state champ. But when that match came down, I was going against the previous state champ. And, you know, we were battling it out. 
Like, imagine if we wouldn't have met each other till the finals in the state tournament. I was knocking off everybody except for him. And we met. And for the first period, zero to zero. Second period, zero to zero. Third period, zero to zero. Overtime, zero to zero. Second overtime, zero to zero. Third overtime, zero to zero. Sudden death, he beats me one zero. Oh, God. That's like one of the hurt. craziest matches ever. And the match previously, I had knocked off the dude that was second in the state. Uh, like I gave this man the most, I gave this man the biggest black eye. Like he'll he'll forever remember. <laughs> you know, this dude, we battled it out for six minutes. We got to it, and I came out the victor with 10 seconds left to spare. And I was I was feeling good about myself. Then I came across this dude, and you know, he beat me. And if I'm going to be honest, uh, that was a very heartbreaking moment, knowing that I was predicted to go real far and do a whole bunch of cool things. And, you know, I cried. You know, I got a standing ovation or whatever because, you know, I just had one of the biggest matches in that whole tournament. And that wasn't what was going through my head. You know, I was I, I just got defeated. You know, that's that's mm. a different feeling. Like when you're watching it. Yeah. You clap or whatever. because You know, yeah, he lost whatever. But when you're the actual one losing and when like the stakes are that high, it's crazy. Yeah. Emotions run high. Everything runs high. Even while the match is going on, everything is running high. Like everybody's Mm -hmm. tuned in. You're tuned in. The other guy's tuned in. You're trying to take each other's heads off. And (laughs) next, you know, he won. So how do you overcome that disappointment? I got a college offer and I became an (laughs) (laughs) All-American. Mic drop. See you later. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. On to the next. What does your training schedule look like now? How do you train and maintain both strength and power? So every day I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'll head to the gym and I'll lift or hit the auxiliary bike for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Just a dead, like nonstop sprint. I uh, just kind of warm my body up for the day. Then I go back to the crib and I shower or whatever, get breakfast. And then whatever I got to do that day, I go do it. So what do your strength days look like? My strength comes in my conditioning. Yeah. So I can lift uh, benching like over 300 pounds. Whoa. <laughs> I don't do it like for like one or two reps. I'll do it for like 15, 20 reps. Amazing. Because I want to oh get God. the strength in the conditioning. If I can be conditioned to put on about 300 pounds of pressure every time I punch somebody and keep it up nonstop, I'm going to be dangerous. Yeah, definitely. You seem so fast too. So how do you work on that athletically? I do a lot of hand speed uh, work, whether it's like, you know, someone throwing a tennis ball at me and I'm catching it out of the air or coach throwing punches at me as hard as he can. And I got to weave every single one of them, you know, or if not, you know, I get punched straight in the face. (laughs) Good incentive. A whole bunch of stuff where with my hand speed and just body motion, I train every day. And it's to the point where like when I'm going up against somebody, I can read like your, I can read your body. Like I can like almost uh, not trying to be cocky or nothing, but like I can almost predict what you're about to do. Like when you do it. So like, say you're about to try to attack me or something, the like that smallest twitch in your ankle. I'm looking at that. And the second I see you barely start to move, I'm moving. Yeah. That's how I have the upper advantage. There's so much skill. I've been working speed since high school. Yeah, you're well trained, that's for sure. Yeah, you really are well trained. But like so given that if you, you know, injure your upper body, 
What's the backup plan? Like if you get injured, like recovery must be such a massive priority for you, right? Y'all want to hear something funny? Yes. <laughs> uh, for about the last five weeks, I've had a broken finger. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. So oh. what, do we, what do you do? How do you manage that? I had to just chill out for five weeks. I've had to, I've literally just sat around and watched everybody else fight and do everything else while I couldn't. And it sucked. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, I got to take care of my body and make sure when I come back, I'm even stronger. And it's so weird that I've been noting this, noticing this over the last couple of years. Every time I've gotten injured, I've came back like real strong. Yeah. Like even now, like my hand, like my grip strength in this like finger that I broke when I'm gripping people, I'm like leaving bruises on their wrist. And it's, it's crazy. Wow. And it's because like I'm training, I'm working to like, like heal myself up, eating healthy, uh, mm. just doing a whole bunch of stuff to, you know, I want to be the best at what I do. And I'm seeing progress and I'm just seeing all these things come together. All these things come to light where being a world champion, being Olympic champion, being a Paralympic champion is a very real thing. That's amazing. I mean, and you have a Guinness world record, right? Yeah, I'm currently the fastest man on two hands on the planet. Amazing. And what is that record? 20 meters in 4.7 seconds, moving 9.6 miles per hour. All right. So I actually wow. watched this and it, <laughs> the speed is intense. Yeah. You actually did it twice, didn't you? Yeah. And I'm actually moving way faster than when I did it. Yeah. When I hit the record, I was only moving like nine miles per hour and nine was what I hit on the treadmill. So I've kind of like seen a correlation of like when I run on the treadmill and get faster than I run on ground. So now on the treadmill, I'm hitting like 12, 13 miles per hour. Oh my God. So we're setting it up for me to go to France <gasps> to re-break my Guinness world record. And, you know, I'm going to set the world on fire again doing that because I just want to see how far I can take it. I mean, you have inspired so many people. Is there anyone or anything that has inspired you or inspires you to do better every day? Yeah, my coaches, you know, they they did a lot for me. I, I grew up without a mother and I grew up without a father. And I was bouncing with through homes where people completely treated me like crap. And for 17 years, I dealt with that. And those guys, you know, stepped in as like a father figure. And then there's my mom who took me in when she was only licensed to take in girls, took a chance on me. And I was labeled as like a problem child. You know, I was running out of options. I was in my last foster home and they were just going to either kick me out onto the street or put me in a group home, whichever one came first. And that was my option. And, you know, my mom took me in and completely changed that whole scenario. I was ready to, I was ready for it. You know, I was just so sick of everything in my life. You know, I was getting into some gang stuff and some bad things. And I was just starting to spiral out of control. And my mom, she understood how I felt and the things I was going through with her being from the streets too and her having a hard life coming up. And she just completely changed my viewpoint, turned my life around. And next thing you know, I'm a state champion. I'm a national champion. I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'm doing incredible things. I'm the fastest man on two hands. And I give it all to God and my mom uh, just intervening finally to show me that there's something better. 
Your mom seems like such a legend too. She seems yeah. like so much fun. I'm telling you right now, you know why I'm so gangster? Because my mom's gangster. I'm telling you already. <laughs> for real. For no, real. For she real. seems like my so mom, fun. She knows the struggle. Mom, like my mom lived it. Yeah. Like I'm my mama's son. Yeah, 100%. Look, I said it earlier on, you've had so much success. So for somebody like yourself who is a high-performing athlete, surely you have accessories to your fitness. Do you meditate? Do you visualize? Do you do breath work? Tell us what your secret is. I mean, I've worked for the last like five years or so, I've worked on controlled breathing. That's really helped me with athletics a lot. You know, when you learn how to control your breath and slow down your heart rate, you can produce more power. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to just merge it with my everyday life you know, if there's a stressful situation, I control my breath, I control my pulse, I control my mind, control my spirit and my soul. Just, I know how to completely calm myself. So, you know, I don't get into that fight. I don't have an altercation. So like breath work has done a lot for me. You just, you just did it then as well. It's like you're, how how you started explaining that you sort of calmed your voice and slowed it down. So yeah, hundred percent can see what you're doing. Yeah. And with fighting, it's even better. When you're dead tired after, you know, going for 10 minutes straight, when you take that breath, every time you breathe and you punch, oh, it's like you're a brand new person. And your body's just like actively moving on its own. At that point, if you're still thinking about your moves, you're probably going to lose. It has to be like just natural instinct and natural movement. That's the only way to survive. You got to really just have that instinct to fight. And do you have a mantra? Oh, no excuses. Every day I have a tattoo on my back. That is epic. No one's missing that. That is amazing. I got that when I was 19. I was in a really hard match when I was in high school against one of the, like, one of the top guys in the state. And, you know, we were neck and neck and he had torn a muscle in my shoulder. So, like, I really couldn't, I couldn't move very well. And, you know, I was in a, a decent amount of pain. And my coach literally, like, grab me by my singlet. You know, like how a bully like grabs somebody by the shirt and like puts them against the locker. Well, he kind of did that to me. And he was like, Z, you go out there and you kick his ass. You're in overtime right now. You can go beat him. Do not give me any excuse. I don't care if your shoulder hurts. You're not in pain. You're going to go win. And I went out there and kid you not, this guy literally tried to jump over me (laughs) and I caught him midair and ended the match like in an instant. And came out as the victor. And that mo- like, and literally that moment, that's what gave me like five different college offers. Wow. That's amazing. Like your coach says that you changed his life. How does that make you feel hearing that? I've known him since I was a little kid. Yeah. Like his whole family, they've been helping me for years on end. And it's, it's just crazy that like somebody that you don't even know, that doesn't even know you can be so invested mm. in your life to see you do something better. Crazy. So crazy. What's next for you, Zion? What's the next thing on the cards that you're going to surprise the world with? I'm going to be in like two cinematic movies. It's going to be cool. Some big actors that you guys <laughs> both know who they are. Oh. I can't say nothing yet. <laughs> like I'm talking like A-listers. Oh, hey. wow. Breaking my Guinness record. Yes. Going to fight in February. Nice. MMA? Yeah. So, um, you mm. know, I'm trying to knock knock whoever, whoever it is I got to fight out. As soon as I fight, as soon as I find out uh, who I got to fight, you know, I'm on their butt. Like, seriously, though. Well, you've been training with some pretty special people like Chuck Liddell, Anderson Silva. Yeah. I get working with them all the time. 
they're turning me into a monster and I love it. <laughs> like when like every day when I go into practice and I'm working with one of those guys like that, I can feel myself getting better. I can feel myself getting used to like mm. when you come over with a right hook that sneaks up out of nowhere, I can dodge that and come over with a counter myself. You know, like it's, it's so crazy. I'm starting to just like read your body to a whole new level. That's an incredibly intuitive skill. That's so great. There's something to be said, right, for like just being around other people who yeah. are really extraordinary because it forces you to really like level up your game as well. Yeah. I feel scared for the people who are coming up <laughs> against you because you are for real at your peak. Like you're incredible. No, I'm going to be cocky. Yeah. I bet they're scared too. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Oh, classic. So look, in saying that, like, you've done so much in your life. Like, you have overcome every single thing that has ever been thrown at you. So what is your biggest piece of advice for people out there who truly want to, like, level up their lives and compete on the world stage? What would you say to them? What I would say to somebody that wants to be on the world stage is, your life is what you make it. You know, you might be dealt a real bad hand and you might be dealt something that you know, most people on this planet wouldn't experience and wouldn't go through. But at the same time, us being human, there's something about us that makes us strong, that makes us resilient. And if you can find that piece of you that everybody on this planet has, you can lift yourself up and make it through those rough times and you can make it out and become successful. And, you know, you don't have to be famous and you don't have to be a millionaire. You could just be happy and content with your life. You know, I'm doing a lot of big things, but at the same time, if everything was taken away from me right now, I would be happy because, you know, I learned how to be happy with my life. I learned how to just enjoy life by the moments and make connections and make new friends. Oh, God, I don't even think we need to say anything I know. You're amazing. (laughs) And honestly, you're an incredible person. Thank you so much for joining us today, Zion. You're an absolute machine. (laughs) Thank you. How Fitness Saved My Life is hosted by me, Action Alexa. And me, Jenna Louise. Producer, Tina Madelov. Audio production by Nikki Sitch. And executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Listener.